Hello and welcome. Bienvenido. And assalamu alaikum. Welcome to AO Access to Success, the podcast series developed by the AO Access Task Forces to broaden your perspectives for personal and professional development. Today's podcast is hosted by Dr. Matthew Allen, the lead for the AO Access Task Force Officer and Faculty Selection Processes. Hello and welcome to this AO Access podcast. My name is Matthew Allen and I'm the chair of the task force looking at faculty and officer selection processes within AO. I'm a veterinarian by training and my clinical and research activities are based at the University of Cambridge in the UK. Today's podcast focuses on the role of technology and in particular simulation technology in surgical education. It is widely recognized that surgical education can be improved with the structured incorporation of simulation to training curricula. Simulation and technology can not only be used for hard skill training, but also for soft skill competency development and faculty training. Including underrepresented groups in targeted training can be helpful in achieving a more diverse organization. I'm delighted today to have as my co-host, Dr. Pedro Horba. Pedro, if you could please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Pedro Horba. I'm a pediatric orthopedist. I work in Mexico City where I do pediatric trauma care. I have been an AO faculty member for many years now. I'm part of the pediatric task force, and I'm also part of AO Access. It is my pleasure today to welcome our guest, Claudia Arroyo. Claudia is an orthopedic surgeon, fellowship trained in hand surgery, including an AO fellowship in Buenos Aires in Argentina. She's currently a faculty member for AO trauma as well. During her residency training, she developed a special interest in medical education through clinical simulation and has continued to work researching and developing new virtual reality tools to achieve this. Claudia, we're so happy to have you here. Thank you very much. It is an honor to be sharing this space with you today. Claudia, what makes you an expert when talking about surgical education and how to improve it? And why is simulation so important in surgical education? The relevance of creating a new training curricula for hard and soft skills that incorporate simulation and the impact this can have on underrepresented groups is very timely and important. We need to embrace change and be leaders in new education strategies for trainees and faculty members. Visibility starts with opportunities. Could you tell us a little bit, please, what is the role of simulation in surgical education? Sure. The pandemic was announced in March 2020. Since then, medical education and especially surgical education have been disrupted across the globe. Even before the pandemic, there were studies that demonstrated that specialists are less and less independent after they graduate. And some efforts were being made to incorporate simulation and other educational techniques to residency curricula. With our shutting down uh, when COVID-19 spiked, with residents having to treat COVID-19 patients instead of going to the OR, with no access to continuous medical education and face-to-face -face events being canceled, orthopedic education has been greatly affected for at least two years, and we don't know if it's still going to go on. We suddenly understood that our training and educational systems are not the best, and that they can and they should be improved. What is simulation in medicine? Medical education based on simulation is defined as any activity or educational process that uses simulation to replicate clinical scenarios. 
The advantages to simulation are trainees can explore and develop competencies uh, without harming anyone. They can get constructive feedback in real time and they can build confidence in their skills. Simulation can be useful for developing both motor and cognitive competencies. Simulation, either high or low fidelity, has been proven to improve motor and cognitive skills in trainees. Simulation is not enough. It has to be complemented with structured learning, but it does allow us to practice in a safe space and improve so we can get ready for the OR. And AI trauma courses are a great example of simulation for developing both cognitive, in case discussions, and motor competencies in practicals, exercises, and skills labs. Claudia, what, what sort of tools exist today and, and what's, what exciting things are coming in the future for simulation in the context of surgery? Thanks for asking this, Matthew. Uh, for hard skills competencies development, such as surgical skills, there are different kinds of simulation in orthopedics and they have existed for many years. The gold standard for simulation is a cadaver lab. Uh, there are also low fidelity simulators like synthetic bone models that we use uh, during the AO courses. There are some smartphone apps and there are high fidelity simulators like virtual reality, and some even have haptic feedback, so you can feel what you're doing. Virtual reality simulation has been developing steadily and offers great accessible options today. Today, virtual reality is consumer ready, and there are two important companies led by orthopedic surgeons working on developing surgical virtual reality simulators. These simulators run on the Oculus Quest, and this is a headset with two controllers that can be purchased online, Late last year, they announced the Metaverse, and then the Oculus has hyped a bit. And this is highly portable, and it can be used anywhere. So I can use it at home and can use it at the hospital in my residency space. And there is even a possibility for multiplayer mode. Here you can be in the same virtual OR as other people. And I mean, imagine the possibilities. I can train with an expert who is on the other side of the world, and I can learn pros and tricks from them. This is really amazing, Claudia. How can we use these new tools in simulation to help improve surgical education? Thanks for asking this. Uh, the way I picture the hopefully near future of education and what I have been working on is formally incorporating simulation to training curricula for competency training. It is important to note that deliberate practice is needed to improve with simulation. It's not enough to just have the simulator and aimlessly repeat surgical steps. And this is what happens currently with simulation. Everyone is excited about getting the headsets and playing and they use them kind of like a toy, but there are no plans for guided training. I believe it is time for us to work actively into incorporating simulation to educational curricula. This will help improve residency training and continue surgical education. A training program needs to balance both cognitive and motor competencies, as well as problem solving. I mean, we, we need to solve situations in the OR and it's not just operating. Ideally, a program for learning a specific skill or competency would include different types of simulation, and it would include synchronous and asynchronous activities to enhance learning. I am currently working on developing and testing a model for this kind of training. Claudia, there's been lots of work, like you've told us, for developing and using simulation techniques in surgical trainees during residency training, during fellowship, and that's fantastic. One area that has been kind of neglected is faculty training. AO has always been a leader in faculty training and development, but there are now new challenges in the world. And I think simulation could help here. How can we use simulation 
through a change in curricula to improve faculty training and development. So I think this is really interesting because we don't really focus on faculty training this way. But one thing we learned from the pandemic is that it is possible to connect people around the world and make education more accessible. We can have a conversation in real time with people on another continent by simply logging into our phone. I believe simulation can not only be used for surgical skill development, we can also use simulation for faculty development. If it is possible for us to prepare standardized surgical training programs, we can also develop faculty training curricula that incorporate simulation, synchronous and asynchronous activities. And we can also develop soft skills, not only hard skills. This can help homogenize faculty and chairperson skills. It can also help train more people at the same time and give them access to mentors globally. As a faculty member, I want to continuously be exposed to, to new experiences that improve my teaching and facilitation competencies. A remote program can greatly improve access to these opportunities and provide continuous faculty education. It can also help identify people who have potential to become the next leaders. The pandemic halted programs like the CEP and the FEP for almost two years, and we have a lot of catching up to do, especially if we want to give younger and new faculty members a chance. Just bringing our discussions back to the mission of the AO Access program, how can all this fantastic technology and simulation help underrepresented groups within the organization? Thanks for asking this, Matthew. Um, it has been documented and addressed in other episodes that mentors tend to choose people who look like them and that women are less likely to be mentored. Mentoring is also tied to more visibility, better opportunities, and professional success. If we actively look for and recruit underrepresented groups, having structured remote programs would be a great first step and a new approach for new members or aspiring faculty members. As I mentioned earlier, it can also put promising individuals in the spotlight and help open more doors for them, especially since we know that there will be a bias or they may not get the same initial opportunities as someone else. Seeing someone who looks like me in a leadership position or in a teaching position will motivate me because I know I can eventually get there myself. I honestly was really lucky to find a mentor in Pedro and to have great opportunities for developing as a surgeon, faculty member, and individual. I have also been lucky to have been a NEO Trauma Fellow. I'm currently on the mentorship program. And I had other great mentors and sponsors like Rodrigo Pesantes, Luis Ochoa from Trauma, and Juan Emic from Spine. And they helped open doors for me. This allowed me to be here today. And I would really love for more people, especially underrepresented groups, to have the same opportunities and get to know the AO Foundation as I have. Including underrepresented groups in targeted training, can be really helpful in achieving a more diverse organization. And as I said before, I believe visibility starts with opportunities. I would really like to thank you again for having me here and sharing this space with both you, Matthew and Pedro. Claudia, it's, it's really been a pleasure. And I think, you know, I've certainly had experience of both low fidelity and, and higher fidelity simulations for, for surgery. And I've always seen their value, obviously, in terms of training and in giving us an opportunity to train, as you say, from at home or, or wherever you're, you have access. But I've never really sort of thought about it in terms of accessibility and as if we were leveling the playing field, particularly in the context, for example, of training, but also mentorship and interpersonal skills. So I'm really fascinated. And, and hopefully this is something you're going to be able to spearhead and push through because I think it'll be for the betterment of everybody and certainly very consistent with the goals of the AO Access Program. So thank you again for sharing your expertise in this and your enthusiasm for this. We really appreciate it. 
I think Matthew is exactly right. This new technology offers us great opportunities to improve upon existing surgical education and also to go back to where we should be. The pandemic has thrown a, a wrench into everything. There are so many things that have been pushed behind. And yeah, using this in faculty development, I think it's an excellent opportunity. Thank you so much, Chloe. Thank you for listening to the AO Access to Success podcast series. Be sure to visit our webpage to facilitate your personal and professional development by exploring dimensions of leadership at AO Foundation. Who we are about AO, AO Access. To join the conversation. Mm -hmm.